ವಸುದೇವಸುತಂಸಚಾಣೂರಮರ್ದನಂ ದೇವಕೀಪರಮಂದಂ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು So in the Gita, we were studying the sixth chapter and uh, we were on verse number 21. Last time, we did a detailed description of that. Sukham atyantikam yattat buddhi graiham atindriyam vetti yatra nachayivayam sthitas chalati tattvataha. So um, that state in which one enjoys extraordinary spiritual bliss born of samadhi um, and that bliss comes from the atman it is beyond it's not uh, sensory pleasure uh, it is not even uh, the joy in a mind in the mind you know born of like an intellectual pleasure it's beyond that um, and one does not waver from that state so first of all what's being talked about here is um, samadhi because this is sixth chapter the chapter on meditation and krishna has described how one steadies the body the breath withdraws the attention from external objects focuses inward and then uh, through the process of dharana dhyana samadhi dharana focus dhyana meditation and samadhi is absorption so uh, these are successively deeper states of concentration or focus meditation absorption in what specifically here the object of absorption or meditation is the subject is the atman here though in a wider sense one may say if you want to include the ishta devata meditation that we were doing that is uh, that is also uh, equally applicable here now when the mind is yes this is probably i thought we finished only now up to verse 19 if i am not wrong oh no that was we did for i think the way yeah last week we did 20 and 21 we did 20 and 21 yeah, i think we did 21 yeah. ah we did oh i'm sorry i'm, I'm sorry to i really no. apologize for interrupting you so 19 we did up to last uh, when we when we stopped before the vacation i think we had just oh, touched 19 and then the last class we did 20 and 21 okay 21 especially I'm, we spent a lot of time sorry um, I, i missed the class probably i'm sorry i'm sorry i i really apologize maharaj and no, that's all right that's um, so uh, so last time we spent a lot of time on this 21st verse where we talked about yes so the state of bliss which comes out of the control of the mind absorption from dharana dhyana samadhi where the mind is completely settled and absorbed uh, in our real self that is the witness consciousness atman the the self with a capital s and this is patanjali yoga patanjali yoga says yoga chitta vritti nirodha by by calming the successive modifications of the mind what is modifications of the mind sounds rather abstract it just means all sorts of thoughts and feelings and emotions and ideas whatever is going on in the mind right now internally first person all those are chitta vritti and they are distracted they are they are full of hundreds and hundreds of such modifications 
when you calm them down and focus inwards and settle on the witness consciousness basically it will go into sampragnata samadhi we talked about these things last time and then asampragnata samadhi uh, where the distinction between the meditator and uh, the object of meditation and the process of meditation is lost there is only the witness consciousness this uh, patanjali in this in the third sutra uh, of yoga sutras he says tada drashtu swarupi avasthanam and that state the witness consciousness is in its real nature it is actually appreciated in its real nature just like a lake calmed there are no waves on the surface of the lake the the water is absolutely clear you can see through to the bottom of the lake similarly that is the condition otherwise what happens when the mind is in waves uh, then you get identified with the waves hunger you feel that it raises a wave in the mind i am hungry uh, unhappiness it's a wave in the mind i am unhappy and so the witness consciousness gets mixed up with these waves in the mind that's our normal condi- ordinary condition so that the the condition of the state of samadhi is an extraordinary state in which our real nature we we see what it is the same it is called asampragnata samadhi in yoga sutras it is called nirvikalpa samadhi also same thing now what we went a step further there last time we said it is not just in the state of samadhi samadhi is a state it's a state of the mind a super fine super absorbed super focused state of the mind difficult to attain and difficult to maintain also so it, but it is a particular state in that one clearly clearly uh, appreciates that i am not the body not the mind i am the unwavering light of consciousness within not affected by the ups and downs of the body not affected by the ups and downs of the mind i realize my consciousness nature i realize my free nature free nature means i'm totally free of the problems of the world i'm totally free of the problems of the body and the mind this i realize but the thing is it goes further than that if it was only limited to the state of samadhi that would be an extraordinary thing but it would still be limited then he says that it is available all the time um really we become enlightened when this this knowledge uh, of our consciousness nature and our um, purna ever fulfilled nature is available to us all the time whether you are in samadhi or you are in the waking world or in dreams wherever you are in whatever condition you are you are working or sitting or relaxing or meditating it's constantly clear to you that i am not the body and mind but i am the awareness in which i am experiencing a mind and a body and the world then this state is uh, is what is meant in advaita by uh, enlightenment brahma jnana so you see this one extra thing we have to do here if you precisely follow uh, if you follow the text itself it is talking about samadhi why do you say that because that's the context Uh, the it's the dhyana yoga before this he has told told you how to sit uh, he has told you how to breathe he has told you how to withdraw the senses he has told you how to focus how to take care of distractions and then deeper focus into samadhi so the context is samadhi uh, i spoke extensively about the real nature of bliss last time if you remember um, the, the difference between swarupa ananda the, the bliss of atman the atman which is bliss and the bliss which is experienced in the mind this distinctions i made 
so all of that, where am I getting? I'm extending this uh, idea. If you stick only to the, the Gita Shloka, it is a description of Samadhi and uh, benefits which arise from Samadhi. And especially if you read Shankara or Madhusudan Saraswati, the comment, classical commentators, they stick to that much. The, Krishna is teaching meditation and this is the culmination of meditation. Meditation on the self, Atman. Wider understanding would be once you have got this culmination, you realize Aham Brahmasmi or Chidananda Rupa Shivoham. And that bliss is none other than the Atman itself. It's not a new kind of blissful experience. And also, I keep repeating, yes, the mind will be surcharged with, will be radiated with, with peace and bliss. That is also there. But that's the mind. When the mind is shut down in deep sleep, you will not have uh, that uh, extraordinary spiritual bliss. Uh, when the, uh, but the Atman as bliss is constantly available to us. This is realized. Now, we go to verse number 23 and, uh, 22 and 23. So 22 is a beautiful verse. In fact, I like it so much. I think it sort of sums up the whole purpose of spiritual life. And I'm going to give a full talk on it. I think next Sunday or the Sunday after, or Sunday after that, um, it is, I titled the talk, No Greater Gain. No Greater Gain. And it's actually going to be about this verse. So we'll see that briefly now. Verse number 22. Yam labdhva chaparam labham manyate nadhikam tatha yasmin sthito na dukkhena guru napi vichalyate Having obtained which, one does not think there is anything greater to obtain. Being established in which, there is uh, no possibility of being shaken even by the worst of sorrows, the greatest of sorrows. So this is the greatest gain. And there is no, nothing greater than this, to, to, no more, nothing more to be atta uh, attained. And established in which even the greatest of sorrows cannot shake you. Again, I will interpret it at two levels. One is the immediate interpretation, samadhi. Because that's the topic going on, meditation. So established in that samadhi, the great joy or the bliss, which actually, which is experienced in the mind. Uh, and when you look back, when you come out of samadhi also, you look back as nothing matches that experience. That's why Vivekananda always wanted to go back. He asked Sri Ramakrishna, asked him, what do you want after you attain nirvikalpa samadhi? What do you want? He said, I want to be in that state. Remember, it's a state. It comes and goes. It is generated. And then it, uh, again, you can come out of it. So I want to stay in that state. Because that state is the state of the greatest peace, uh, the greatest joy. Let me see if I can uh, call up. Uh, Swami Vivekananda. Um, he wrote about his experience um, in the uh, song of Samadhi. I think I might have it here. Uh -huh. So Wikipedia also has an article on it, the hymn of Samadhi. <laughs> All right. So let me read out. What is it like to experience it? 
Um, it was in Bengali, Nahi Shudjo, Nahi Jyoti. There is, there the sun shines, not, not the moon. So this is taken from the Katha Upanishad, for example. I mean, that's the original source, the Katha Upanishad. But I'll read out the English translation. So he tried to describe his uh, experience of um, Samadhi. Lo, the sun is not, nor the comely moon, all light extinct in the great void of space, floats shadow-like the image universe. In the void of mind involute, there floats the fleeting universe, rises and floats, sinks again, ceaseless in the current I. Slowly, slowly, the shadow multitude entered the primal womb and flowed ceaseless, the only current, the I am, I am. Lo, it is stopped, even that current flows no more. Void merged into void, beyond speech and mind, whose heart understands, he verily does. So that's a description of Nirvikalpa Samadhi, as somebody who experienced it in our time. Extraordinary. And so at the very end, he says, beyond um, um, language and um, you know, beyond words, beyond thought. Um, so that's one level of interpretation that, and in that state, compared to that state, there is nothing higher and there is, uh, in that state, even the greatest of sorrows cannot affect you. The greatest of sorrows cannot affect you because simply you are not aware of those sorrows also. Shankaracharya, Madhusudan Saraswati, they say that uh, the bliss is so extraordinary, nothing worldly compares to it. And the greatest of sorrows, um, Madhusudan Saraswati says, including the mosquitoes biting you. If you're meditating in Indian forest, maybe the mosquitoes are biting. He, he includes a mosquito there also. But it also includes uh, being attacked with a weapon or you know, physical pain or whatever it is. None of these sorrows can even attack you uh, because you're basically not aware of them. You, you, you simply, it's like, being uh, completely unaware of the external universe, of your own body. Even in deep meditation, one is not aware. There's a description of Swami Vivekananda meditating under a tree. Girish Ghosh um, saw him do this. His face black with mosquitoes. One mosquito can disturb our meditation. His face covered with mosquitoes. And uh, not aware of it. So he's not moved by sorrows, whether it's a mosquito or whether it's something much greater, because simply there is no awareness of that sorrow. But he'll feel it. When he comes back from Samadhi, he'll definitely feel the mosquito bites. All right. So that's the preliminary level of um, understanding that there is no gain greater than this because this is the greatest bliss that one can ever experience in life. There is uh, no possibility of being affected by any sorrows there also. So, because your mind is completely absorbed. Fine. Now, 
why is there nothing greater than this? Notice, now we're going to take a deeper level of interpretation. The realization of the self, uh, Atmanubhati, by this uh, experience of Samadhi, we realize I am existence consciousness. This, this becomes very clear to me. Now, there is no joy which can compare to this. You see, people throw their joy outside. Where is joy? Where is fulfillment? Where is happiness? Um, in a job, in the career prospects, success in my job or business, that gives me joy. Or in children, uh, when the children are doing well, I feel very happy. Or in um, money, or in my house, or in um, you know, possessions, or something higher, like, um, like my works of art, or the books that I've written, um, uh, or in science, or art, or something. These are sources of joy, all limited. All of them come and go. And whatever is external is a source of joy for you, is a source of pain for you also. Relationships, relationships which can give you tremendous amount of joy. And people are crazy about it. Those relationships can give you tremendous amount of unhappiness also. Anything other than you. Where is joy? Oh, it was there. Not, it's not here, but um, you know that place which I went to, where I took my vacation, that was so beautiful. Somewhere out there, my joy is out there. Or, um, uh, or it was then, way back, when we were children in school, the fun that we had, nothing compares with that later on. So it's way back in time. These are guarantees of sorrow. That my joy is in something else other than me. You're trapped. You're finished. You're, you're a prisoner to that other thing. Or my joy is in some other place. Not here. Or my joy is in some other time. Either in the past. Look back nostalgically. Old people do that. That time was the best time of my life. What about now? No, it's not so good now. Or in the future. You look forward to a future. Younger people do that. That when I graduate, that will be the best time of my life. No, it won't actually. They don't know that. Then you'll enter the job market in a terrible economy and you'll be worse off, probably be the worst time of your life. And then, uh, uh, or when I, uh, you know, when I get married or when I have children or when I get a promotion in the future or when I get samadhi, then, or when I go to heaven after death, then that will be the best time ever. You've thrown your happiness into something else. Thrown your happiness elsewhere. Thrown your happiness elsewhere. A mature person is, the lucky person, the fortunate person is, the person who can claim honestly, when were you most happy? Now. Whenever that is. Now I'm most happy in my life. Where are you most happy? Here. I'm most happy here. And with whom are you most happy? With those whom I'm right now? Whatever is there right now, with that I'm the most happy. Honestly. Now, that is possible if your happiness is within. It's not something other than you. See, this, the joy, the bliss of ananda, atma, atmananda, it is not, you know, desha kala vastu paritsheda shunya. It is not limited in space. It's not that that happiness is somewhere and not now. It's only in the monastery in Belurmat 
Only the, I'll get the bliss of Atma only in Himalaya, 10,000 feet. The moment I come down to 9,000 feet, joy becomes less. 8,000 feet, even less. And in the plains of India, no more joy. No. It's not, it does not depend on altitude. It's not limited in space. It's not that it is not here, but in some other place. In uh, death, it will be there. After death, in the heaven, it will be there. No. It's not limited in time. That it was then, but it's not happiness now. Or it will be in the future, but it is not now. Atmananda is everywhere and here. Atmananda is all the time and now. And Atmananda is nothing apart from you yourself. It does not depend on anything. Atmananda is not um, tamasic uh, joy or rajasic joy or sattvic joy. See, what is tamasic joy? The joy of being lazy, taking a nap, relax, nothing more to do, sleep, laziness. That's a kind of joy. That is tamasic joy. Atmananda is not rajasic joy. Up and doing, have a good time, excited about something, go out and party and enjoy, sense pleasures, chase something. Fulfill ambitions. All good. But that is rajasic joy. That binds one to the world. Tamasic joy is destructive. It slowly is a negative effect on, on character. Um, say, for example, the joy of ad, uh, the, or the happiness, excitement coming from addictions. It's a negative effect. It breaks down character. Uh, rajasic joy, uh, it's excitement. It can give a lot of happiness and you have to put in effort for it to get those joys. But in the end, it's always disappointing. And sattvic joy, it usually comes out of cultivation, out of culture. You have to put in some effort first and develop those capacities. So the joy of, say, classical music, the joy of, um, of study, of knowledge, the joy of a pure uh, of, and higher sattva of uh, spiritual practices. So um, enjoying um, the name of God, the sattvic joys. Atmananda is none of them. Not the tamasic um, excitement or pleasure, not the rajasic excitement, nor even the highly cultivated, refined joys of the sattvic mind. It is uh, permanent. It does not depend on the sattva, rajas, tamas. Sattva, rajas, tamas are constituents of the mind. And some people predominantly tamasic, some people predominantly rajasic, and a few lucky ones are predominantly sattvic. So if it's not that, then what's the use of sattva guna? Why, why should one try to move from tamasic and rajasic to sattva? Because without sattva, spirituality is not possible. Even the realization of Atmananda will not be possible. But Atmananda is not limited to those three. You remember the story of the three dacoits which Ramakrishna used to say that a man was caught, uh, you know, robbed by three robbers. One wanted to kill him. The other wanted to bind him. And said, don't kill him, let's just bind him. Let's rob everything and bind him. Third one was kind-hearted. He robbed, but he, he freed that person and showed him the way back home. And the man said to the third robber, you're so kind, sir, come with me at home. And the third robber said, no, I cannot do that because I'm also a robber. I can't go to the city. The police will catch me. Now, what does that mean? The one who wants to destroy you is Tamas. The one who wants to bind you is Rajas. The one who frees you is Sattva, but they are all part of material nature. They are part of your body. They are part of your mind. The Atmananda, the bliss which is Atman. I am not saying the bliss of the Atman, the bliss which is Atman. That is not dependent on any of these. Rather, they are dependent on it. The Sattvic joy, 
is just a fraction is this a reflection uh, of the the fulfillment which is atma itself even rajasik joy and tamasik joy pleasures are just distorted reflections sattva rajas tamas they just re- reflect the atman in a distorted way that's all so this is the joy we are talking about the joy which is beyond any um, which is getting which one does not think that there is anything higher samadhi manifests it samadhi gives me the key to it but samadhi is not necessary also for this joy once you you have it you have it yang labdhva labdhva means um, literally it means getting gain labha means to gain but you know it's so curious that if samadhi can be gained no doubt a lot of effort but gaining your own self that is supposed to be the highest gain atma labha na paro labha there is a saying there is no higher gain than the gain of the self when you think about it isn't that a paradoxical statement um, gaining the self the self is always there the one who gains it is the self what did you gain so is is gaining the self is it possible or regaining the self is it possible yes it's possible only in the sense of uh, ignorance being overcome and knowledge being attained but it's thought somehow under some delusion i thought i was not it i am this little body and mind subject to so many problems and desperately seeking some pleasure and happiness then it is possible to gain or regain yourself you can call it labha labha means to gain so the sanskrit word labdhva means having gained here it one other sanskrit word is related to this it means upalabdhi it's literally the same root a same root verbal root but upalabdhi the word means realization so here gaining means realizing that i am brahman shivoham i am of the nature of shiva i am pure consciousness i am brahman that is gaining it's not that gaining normally what does it mean gaining in the world means getting something that i didn't have but here it does not mean getting something that i didn't have i always had it i didn't somehow i didn't know it i didn't recognize it uh, so i recognizing it is gaining it uh, realizing it is gaining it and this gain is the highest gain um see this is even beyond what we might call god realization normally what we think about ourselves i am this little being this person called sarvapriyananda and i believe being a religious man i believe in the existence of almighty god and somehow i will one day get that god what this atma gyana the self knowledge is telling you you are not this little body and mind nor is god the almighty creator of this universe it is telling you the truth about yourself and the truth about god the reality about yourself and the reality about god what is the reality about yourself you are this un- uh, indivisible existence consciousness place you are this ever free unlimited awareness what is the reality about god god is that indivisible existence consciousness place it is that unlimited awareness and they the same thing yes they are the same thing so what do you gain here you gain the reality about yourself and the reality about god the reality about yourself and the reality about god are one and the same thing i like the quote from the great german mystic meister eckhart who says the ground of my soul and the ground of god are one and the same the reality of what myself and the reality about god is one and the same reality that's what we are talking about here it's not just samadhi 
the context is samadhi but not just samadhi this is brahma jnana realization of uh, brahman atma jnana realization of the self and he says manyate nadhikam tataha one realizes that there is nothing um, greater than this you see whatever gains we get in this world none of them can be greater than this gain of money gain of um, husband wife children um, gain of uh, of knowledge accomplishments awards they come and go they increase and decrease they are pleasing and they're not pleasing anymore and they are like dreams in the night when they're gone they're just like dreams something that we have a memory of and something that is fiction you will see they they almost similar if you look back upon life especially if you led a long life and you look back upon the places you have seen the people you have met uh, the events that happened and maybe if you have seen a movie or read a story book they seem pretty similar they are not vivid anymore they are only in memory the fiction which you read is in your memory and the and the experiences of your life in the past 20 30 40 years ago are in your memory as memory they are very similar they don't feel more tangible one does not feel more tangible than the other they're like dream stuff none of these gains are solid gains they come and go even i will go so far as to say bold enough to say gaining god realization as long as you think god is an other that is also not not uh, ultimately a solid game see i keep the name of god in my heart these are these are extraordinarily high and valuable things far higher than the worldly things we're talking about i keep the name of god in my heart all the time as long as you keep it it's there if you don't keep it it's gone i have deep love for god in my heart as long as you cultivate that bhakti it's there when you don't cultivate it it's gone when you fall asleep it's gone so all of these even god as the other is also subject to um, increase and decrease presence and absence coming and going in the dualistic traditions any number of um, records are there mother teresa so how touching it is one of her last um, the records of her of her diaries you know i pray and pray and all i find is darkness now what is what is she talking about this is an experience of um, the saints in all the dualistic traditions the divine presence in a pure prayerful loving mind you feel it but then again it goes away and then again it comes a- and a deeply uh, devout person will keenly miss the divine presence i pray and pray and there's no answer she writes there's no answer it's only darkness imagine a person who has thrown her entire life long life into this and suddenly if you're confronted with nothing advaita vedanta explains this says what is the problem here see this is dependent on the condition of the mind it's not that god has disappeared it's the condition of the mind the mind particularly tuned in a certain way is able to feel the presence of god at other times it's not able to feel the presence of god it's not that god has gone in where will god go god is omnipresent 
Whereas in Advaita Vedanta, what happens is it is your own real self. Realizing that, and which can never go away from you, it is effortless and instantaneous and always available to you that I am this unlimited awareness. The beauty of that is once you realize it, then God realizing the, the God you get in God realization is a real God, it's a real God realization. The heaven you go to is a real heaven and it's a real attainment because no matter what happens in the world outside, what visions come up and disappear, heaven, earth, hell, whatever comes and goes, it's that one unlimited being which is always shining forth for you because you, now you know what it is. No matter what movie is played on the screen, a tragedy, a comedy, a horror show, a feel-good movie, you know it is the screen. You know now. You don't go through ups and downs because comedy is very nice. And then a tragedy comes, oh, how awful. No. So you know the underlying reality now. This is solid realization. There is nothing higher than this. Now, after this realization, one may get extraordinary visions. Mystics get visions one after another. They may get it. And they will enjoy all of that. But without that also, it's fine. With that, it's better, all the better, more the merrier. But without that also, you've got the reality. And so there can be nothing higher than this. This is the, the glory of Atma Jnana, self-realization. Yasmin Stitona Dukkena Guruna Api Vichalyate. Established in which the heaviest of sorrows can, cannot shake you. True, in deep samadhi, the heaviest sorrows cannot shake you because you don't experience it. But let's say you have opened your eyes now. You are out of samadhi. You are experiencing this world. The world has its problems from mosquitoes to disease to nasty people to uh, you know, uh, the ups and downs of the mind. Everything will, the dance of the world will again appear before you. And yet you will be unshaken. Yet you will be unshaken. This is the glory of Atma Vidya. One of the greatest teachings, spiritual value, from our level up to the level of the, uh, the person who is meditating in Samadhi, beyond that to the level of Jivan Mukta, one great, great thing to learn is uh, forbearance. In Bengali, Shodja Shakti. Sri Ramakrishna used to say, Sha, sha, sha. The Bengali um, letter uh, is the three letters in Sanskrit. Sir, sha, sha. But in Bengali, it's all are pronounced as sha. And Sri Ramakrishna made a word play on that. Sha also means in Bengali to forbear. In Hindi, sahana. Um, Bengali, shodjokara. So in Vedanta, this is called titiksha. So to forbear the ups and downs, to forbear the problems thrown at you at the world, knowing that they are all appearances in me in consciousness. So to, to not to be swayed by troubles, to remain centered in your knowledge, in your devotion, whatever it is, in your yoga, to remain centered in the midst of the turmoil of the world, this is called forbearance. Not to be shaken, not to be furious when there are causes of fury. Not to be depressed when there are causes of depression. Not to be tempted when there are causes of temptation. This is called uh, titiksha or forbearance. Sri Ramakrishna said this is very important. He said, he, he said One who forbears, that one will survive, will, will, will exist forever. 
The one who does not forbear reacts in anger, fury, depression, unhappiness. That one will be destroyed. That means you will fall away from your spiritual goal. You will not attain the goal of life. Uh, Sri Krishna says this to Arjuna. Sri Krishna gives, uh, in second uh, chapter, he gives a beautiful description of the Atma. You know, that you are existence, consciousness, place. You do not die when the body dies. Uh, you were not born with the birth of the body. Um, you are of the nature of consciousness. You are not an ob uh, object of knowledge. Um, you, weapons cannot cut you and so on and so forth. But then the question may be, so the problem is, all that is true. But as this person, Arjuna, as this, this human beings, you know, uh, as a person with a body, when you have a body, when you have a mind, you are affected. Heat affects you, cold affects you, disease affects you, COVID affects you. There is pain, there is suffering, there is unhappiness. There are expectations which are dashed. But there are desires which are fulfilled and found to be disappointing. So all this happens. What do you do? Yes, being an infinite consciousness and all that, fine. But these problems are also there. What do you do? And Krishna answers, very important to see. No solution to that. He says, Tan Swabharata. Agama Apai, in the second chapter, he says, they come and go. They flicker across the screen of your consciousness, the ups and downs of life. They are like dreams. They arise and disappear. You are this infinite being. So these little things, you have to forbear. Same thing which thousands of years later, Sri, Krishna, uh, Sri Ramakrishna says, forbearance, titiksha, forbear this. It's a very important thing. I, I mentioned in one place that Swami Premananda, he told Swami Bodhananda who was here, in Swami Bodhananda's reminiscences, he says, Swami Premananda once told me, every day after meditation, morning meditation, Swami Premananda says, I repeat 108 times, sha, 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 what Sri Ramakrishna's teaching. I repeat that 108 times before coming away from our, from the meditation. So, Holy Mother is to say, Shodjer Shaman Gun Nevava. My child, there is no, no quality like forbearance, the ability to tolerate and forbear, to be patient in life. Um, there is the bhajan, I think it's Meera's bhajan or Kabir's bhajan. Yar Mile Saburi Se. Uh, Kabir's bhajan? The beloved is attained through patience. What is the beloved attained through? So he goes through a whole list. And then he says, no, none of them. Yar mile saburi se. The beloved of my life, God is attained through patience. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, how do you, how can you be patient? What will help you? How can you hold on in, in the midst of so many problems? And what will happen to these problems? Let me be as negative as possible. What is the final culmination of all the troubles and turmoils? Death. Uh, so that's the most cheerful uh, conclusion to all the trouble we go through in life. What is the final conclusion? Guaranteed. Death. That's the end. How do you face this? One sadhu said beautifully, you, do you know the, the knowledge, the vidya, it's called a vidya. Do you know the knowledge that, uh, which, which will help you to face this? Everybody wants to be happy. Nobody wants to be sad, but do you know? But but they don't want to learn the knowledge, the 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 secret by which one can be happy, effortlessly, spontaneously, um, beyond limit, 
and never be touched by sorrow. Do you know that secret? Everybody says that everybody wants to be um, knowledgeable. I want to know. I want to be enlightened. I don't want to be ignorant. But do you know the secret? The way by which you will be enlightened. You know, the Shravana Manana Nidhyasana. You must learn that. How will you overcome ignorance? How will you be enlightened? You must learn that. Everybody wants, some quoting a monk, he said it in Hindi, I'm just translating. Everybody wants to um, live. Nobody wants to die. But do you know that secret? That secret knowledge, which will take you beyond death forever, which will uh, give you eternal life. He put it so beautifully, huh? He says, Sukh sab chate hai, dukh koi nahi chata hai. Lekin wo vidya apne sikhi hai, jis se sukh mile aur dukh kabhi na ho. I'm translating, uh, the original Hindi I'm telling you. Uh, Agyani koi nahi hona chata hai. Gyan sab chate hai. Lekin wo vidya, wo kaushal apne sikhi hai, jis se aapko gyan mile aur agyan ka nivritti ho. Marna koi nahi chata hai. Jina sab chate hai. लेकिन वो विद्या आपने सीखी है जिससे आपको आप अमर हो जाए सो व्हाट इज दैट नॉलेज दैट सीक्रेट व्हिच मेक्स यू इमोर्टल व्हिच मेक्स यू अवेयरनेस इटसेल्फ नॉट जस्ट नॉलेजेबल व्हाट मेक्स ऑल नॉलेज पॉसिबल इज अवेयरनेस यू मेक्स यू अवेयरनेस इटसेल्फ एंड मेक्स यू हैप्पी फॉरएवर विदाउट एनी एनी शैडो ऑफ पॉसिबिलिटी ऑफ सॉरो सच अ थिंग इज पॉसिबल दिस इज दैट नॉलेज आत्मविद्या दैट इज व्हाई दिस इज द ग्रेटेस्ट गेन Atma Vidya. And that's Sadhu, he concludes. What is that Vidya? Tell me, what is that secret? Uh, he says, Vedanta Vidya hai, Yoga Vidya hai, Bhakti Vidya hai. He says, so very beautifully put it. He said, this is, the, this is the, the secret of Vedanta. This is the secret of Yoga. This is the secret of Bhakti. And again, it is an effective knowledge. Effective and important immediately so. It is something that is useful here and now. Everybody will tell you, especially young people, if you try to be spiritual, they'll tell you, this is not the time. It's the time for you to study and you know get a job, go out and play, and all of that. This is for old people. It's not for old people. This is for the young people. This is for middle-aged people. This is for old people. Before death, one must acquire this knowledge. It is immediate and effective now. It's effective whenever you acquire it. Wherever you are, in whatever position you are, this knowledge is, this vidya, this secret is of, is of extreme, of the greatest importance to you. And one must acquire it. This, this one is of the greatest help. Nothing else helps really. Okay. Now, another little point I want to make. This is just a word play. Established in this, you can withstand that forbear, titiksha, the, the greatest of sorrows. You can withstand an annoying person, you can withstand a mosquito, you can withstand heat and cold, you can withstand financial ups and downs, you can withstand uh, um, you know, humiliation, you can withstand sickness, you can withstand physical pain, old age, loneliness. And ultimately, physical death also easily withstand all this. So this is dukkha na guru na api na vichalyate. Not uh, with eyes closed in samadhi, with eyes open also, all these sorrows will not affect you. So this is the promise. 
Um, now, little word play. This works in Sanskrit. So, if you see the original Sanskrit, na dukhe na guru na api vichalyate. Guru means heavy. So, with the heaviest of sorrows, dukkha is sorrow, and guru means heavy. Even the heaviest of sorrows cannot unsettle you. Vichalyate unsettle you. Unsettle you from what? The knowledge, the sure knowledge, and limitless awareness, not affected by anything. It will not unsettle you. Now. The little word play—it's—it's it's sort of funny, and don't take it all that seriously because those who study the commentaries will say this—this this is not the intended meaning. But it's good. Guru also means teacher. So na guru na api vichalyate. If you take it that way, even the guru, even the greatest of teachers, the most knowledgeable of people, if they tell you it is not so. You are not Brahman. You are not pure consciousness. You are just a body or mind, and you are going to die, and that's it. Make hay while the sun shines. You live only once. If even the greatest authorities come and tell you, you are not shaken. See, if a person who res you respect, a knowledgeable person, a great philosopher, person of insight and wisdom comes and tells you, look, all this is nice theory, but you are not that limitless consciousness. You will laugh at that person because. It is by that limitless consciousness that this person also is revealed. His skeptical words are also revealed. His very words of doubt and skepticism fully prove to you the truth of the Advaitic realization. Na guru na pivichalyate. If God comes and tells you that this is not true, you are not um, uh, a limitless awareness. You are not Brahman. That very experience itself of God disputing it proves to you the truth of that you are Brahman. God will never tell you that, but so this is a nice word play, but it's a beautiful point that he makes. Even the greatest after this, so we have learned from Gita, we have learned from Aparokshanubhuti, Drigdrishya Viveka, Vedanta Sara, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. Sarva Priyananda has told, told us this that I am Brahman. All good, I am happy with this. If tomorrow. Uh, ancient scripture tells me that I am not Brahman, and Sarva Priyananda suddenly turns up and and says. Look, I changed my mind. I'm following a new philosophy now. Um, we are actually just bodies, you know, just matter, and uh, uh, consciousness is a byproduct. We have solved the hard problem of consciousness. It's just brain, and after death, there's nothing more. It's just a play of matter and energy, and that's it. You will laugh at Sarva Priyananda, and you will laugh at that scripture because both the skeptic and the texts which contradict this are revealed by that same consciousness. It's by look in the sunlight. If somebody stands and says, "There's no such thing as a sun," <laughs> that person who is saying that is revealed by the same sunlight. This is even more clear than this. Na dukhe na guru na api vichalyate na guru na vichalyate. Even the guru cannot unsettle you from this realization. Then the next one. Tam vidya dukha sang yoga, diyogam yoga sangitam sanishchayi na yoktabya. Yogo nirvinna chetasa. Yogo anirvinna chetasa. What does this mean? This one, one should know, is designated as yoga, untouched by all contact with pain. That yoga should be practiced with with conviction and without depression of spirits. So, tang vidya. This what this yoga which has been taught now, samadhi and the realization of the. Uh, of the self, I am Brahman. This should be known as that knowledge which 
which which is dissociation with pain but that's a very abstract way of putting it takes you forever beyond the possibility of suffering and this is called yoga yoga sangeetam this is the meaning of yoga so it is a play of words here dukha sangyoga vyoga yoga the same word yoga is used so many times yoga means the spiritual path but normally yoga means to, to um, unite here he is saying it's not uniting here it's separating it's separating what separating you forever from suffering dukha sangyoga contact with pain vyogam forever separation is called yoga so now you look at the word, word play here dukha sangyoga vyoga yoga <laughs> so yoga is yoga literally meaning union it means disunion from the union with pain this is the meaning of yoga how does it happen by realization that i am the atman vidyat important word tam vidyat know it and this is the way of knowledge of realization um this knowledge is um is one thing i wanted to share here it's an open secret upanishadic knowledge upanishad literally means secret secret knowledge but what kind of secret is it it's an open secret it's available to everybody everywhere there are other secret practices uh, there are uh, uh, there is secret knowledge in the world you know classified uh, knowledge there is uh, right now something was revealed pandora papers something was revealed you know so all secret things have been revealed in spiritual life there is secret mantra given to you by guru is a holiest of secrets not supposed to reveal to be every everybody um there are so the upanishad is also a secret but it's an open secret what it tells you is openly continuously directly available to everybody and all the time so this open secret swami vivekananda called it the open secret which is always available we just not just not seeing it because we are not seeing it because it's shrouded by ignorance that's why we can call this knowledge a secret because it seems to be hidden but actually it's not hidden it's as hidden brahman is as hidden as um, if you look at the a clay pot and you say this is a pot where is the clay it telling me about something called clay is the clay hidden in the pot you're not seeing you don't know what 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 is meant by clay because the clay shines forth in the when you're looking at the pot it's the clay only shankaracharya in aparokshanubhuti says for one who knows what clay is in the clay pot the clay shines forth unconditionally um choicelessly and he says bhasuram like a sun it shines forth a clay shining forth like the sun so like water is clearly evident in, in the wave like gold is clearly evident in in the ornaments if you know what is gold if you know what is water if you know what is clay we know what is brahman brahman is clearly evident all the time no no possibility of any kind of um confusion now what i wanted to share here was there was a book very popular lots of people especially people who are interested in spirituality have read it especially in the west is called the secret the secret uh, ronda brian i think ronda brian the secret and very very popular people have asked me about it i have read if not the whole thing at least i have read part of the book i remember seeing the book at least i have read uh, quite a bit of it several uh, years ago it was published now and though for those who don't know 
um, the basic idea of the book was you can get whatever you want in life uh, money youth health um, job um, you know the your the mansion of your choice and uh, uh, relationships whatever and um, joy happiness in life whatever uh, just by focusing your mind consistently holding on to what you want and the universe will give it to you and all of that so that's the secret and obviously you can see it was very popular i'm oversimplifying it's a whole book and uh, it became sort of a household name and all of that fine yesterday i was in this talk show with um, with hale doskin so he is uh, he hosts a very popular uh, show with you know self help teachers um, new age spiritual teachers and so on um, it's um, on the youtube you can see and also uh, podcasts and all he's written books uh, he has videos and all he's been in this for a long time he told me he's been doing this since 1976 now and recently has become very interested in non duality and vedanta which is why he interviewed me and then he asked have you read the secret i said yeah but that was a long time back and he said no 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 have you read the greatest secret i said i don't know what is the greatest secret uh, isn't it that book so no she has written another book and it's a recent book she has written it last year in september it's called uh, the greatest secret and he must have known my little bit of hesitation i might have had about the earlier book he said um, she has become very interested in in non duality in the advaitic idea that we are pure consciousness so she has moved on from the secret to the greatest secret and now the greatest secret is all about non duality that i am brahman i am pure consciousness that's the book it, it it's all about that and then this gentleman suggested to me that you read this book and we'll have a separate program about it so what do you think as a teacher of advaita vedanta what do you think of this presentation now what was uh, what i really liked about this whole thing was look at this movement the secret to the greatest secret uh, the secret is that how by what means can i obtain all sorts of worldly things and the greatest secret secret is much greater than that is that which is by getting which nothing higher can be obtained this is the greatest of all things and that is i am pure consciousness this what ronda brian has done from the secret to the greatest secret this is literally the movement from karma kanda to gyana kanda the whole idea of karma kanda the whole idea of conventional religion is by the help of god by the help of vedic rituals whatever you call it by these means my present life will be fulfilled whatever i have desires those desires will be fulfilled and not only that after death i will go to heaven this is karma kanda which we are seeing in the katopanishad what nachiketa's father was trying to accomplish but then you move from there to a higher truth that real fulfillment lasting fulfillment unlimited fulfillment is not through the fulfillment of desires it is uh, by realizing i am unlimited consciousness this is the movement from karma kanda to gyana kanda the ritualistic portion of the vedas to the knowledge portion of the vedas this is the movement from purva mimamsa to uttara mimamsa the two schools of philosophy this is the movement from the secret to the greatest secret um then he says vidyat you must realize this this is so this is a 
open secret, the greatest secret. Rhonda Bryan's greatest secret is this secret that Krishna is talking about. Nishchayena yoktabhya yoga anirvinna chetasa. So two points I'll quickly make here and stop. One is an amazing point. Is that, look, all of these yogic practices, ashtanga yoga, culminating in sampragyata samadhi and sampragyata samadhi, it's awfully difficult. I can hardly meditate. This is so difficult. And even your Advaita Vedanta saying to realize I am Brahman, so much of Sanskrit words and logic and argumentation and subtle thinking gives me a headache. I don't think I'm ever going to get it that I'm, I'm Brahman. Then here is a way out. This comes from Ashtavakra. Just believe it. Simple, short, straightforward. Just believe for the moment that not that I am just a little body and mind. I am awareness. Obviously, I am awareness because this awareness is evident to me in every action, every thought, every perception. I am aware. Whatever else is going on, I am aware. This awareness is unlimited. It's an immortal awareness. There is, uh, uh, it is all pervasive. It is not subject to ups and downs of physical or, or body or the mind. This immortal, unchanging, limitless awareness ever fulfilled, I am. I am Brahman. Don't wait for realization. Don't wait for samadhi. Just believe it. Advait, uh, our Ashtavakra says, Shraddhasvatata Shraddhasva Matra Moham Kurushvabho Natra Moham Kurushvabho He says, My child, just, just believe this. I'm telling you. Just believe this. For a short while. Just believe. Just see what, we, what would it be like. And if there are anywhere, you are, any place you are getting stuck, how am I uh, awareness? How am I not affected by this or the other thing? There are arguments to show you. There are nice pointers to show you how everything else that you experience is an appearance in you, the awareness. People, bodies, um, thoughts, feelings, they are like the movie playing on the screen of awareness. They are like the dreams in the, in a, uh, in the, in the night which a dreamer dreams. They are like the magic of the magician. They are an illusory projection of that limitless light, limitless consciousness. I am that limitless consciousness. Everything else is an appearance in me. Hold on to that. Then see the magic. So this is Nishchaya. See, what prevents us from realizing this is Maya, ignorance. And Maya is false. It's an appearance. False maya can be taken over. You say this, this belief you are telling us, this belief, this is not real. I am I, just believing it. It's just make-believe. Good. Maya is also make-believe. The make-believe, the acting that I am Brahman, your make-believe that I am Brahman, your acting that I am Brahman will remove the acting that I am body-mind. Yes, it can do that. You, you may object. I'm just, you're just making it up. I'm just trying to believe something. I don't actually realize it. I haven't got Samadhi. I haven't got your Brahmakara Vritti, which is we talked about in Vedanta Sara. Uh, I don't have the clarity and conviction. It's just make believe. Yes, make believe. Make believe, it will work also. Swami Vivekananda said, tell yourself again and again, I am that, I am he, I am that, Soham. Again and again, till it tingles with every drop of your blood. Clarity will come. And why not? Notice, 
I am the body. I am the mind. I am this limited creature. Who told you that? Which book told you that? Which guru told you that? Nobody. This is Sankaracharya says, Naisargiko ayam loka vyavahara. This is a natural sequence of ignorance from end beginningless lives. So it comes to us naturally. And of course, um, conditioning is there through society and all of that. And we sort of take it for granted. I am this body-mind. But when you, please examine it. You substitute for that a much more better belief given to you by Guru, by Upanishads, by Vedanta. I am Brahman. You do that, it will cut out that um, the ignorance that I am body-mind. Now at this point, so this is point number one. Point number two is, at this point, one may say it is not working. I tried it. It didn't really work. Then he says, Anirvinna Chetasa. Yoga Anirvin, Yoktabhya Anirvinna Chetasa. Without fatigue, without fail, uh, without depression, without admitting defeat, hold on to it. Didn't work. When did it not work? It just didn't work just now. Good. That's one moment. It didn't work. Another moment has come. You have the opportunity to try it again. The power of decision. What will I think in this moment? What will I say? And what will I do? That power of decision. When do you have it? Every moment. Fresh power of decision. It's not that I tried to change my behavior. I tried to change my feelings. Didn't work. Fine. That was, that's in the past. Now another opportunity has come. Every moment is offering you a fresh opportunity and a fresh power of decision. Take the fresh power of decision. I am Brahman. Let's see. Hold on to it. Thousand times defeated, try a thousand and one time. Swami Vivekananda says, never give up. Sri Ramakrishna, was, you know, he says, what? You're not able to concentrate the mind. You're not able to realize God. And he says, Abhash Jogkaro. He's startled. As if, what, what are you asking? Abhash Jog means simply repetition. Hold on to this. Repeat without being, uh, you know, without admitting defeat, without giving up. Thoughts are coming in our mind. Every time thoughts come, we think it's mechanical. We can't do anything about it. No, you can. Every thought we think, every word we speak, every action we do, we have the opportunity to decide for ourselves. Normally, we don't. There's a word default. Computers have default setting. So unless you do something, it will boot by itself. It will do whatever has been programmed. So all our thinking, speaking, actions are normally going on by default. But the great power which we have is the power of decision. I can. Uh, you see, I, I may not have the power to decide what I will think for one hour or ten hours. I'll think of God for hours and hours. And you say, it doesn't work. True. But I'll think of God for one second. Who is there who can say, I can't do that? Everybody can do it. For the next one second, once I will think about God. Once I will repeat the mantra. Once I will affirm I am awareness. Who cannot do that? Everybody can do that. It's the easiest thing. And then the next second comes, next second you have equally the same power. So, anirvinna chetasa, without depression, you have infinite, um, at least 24 hours of, <laughs> uh, not maybe if not infinite time, 24 hours in a day. So that, and full of choices to make. Even if once it doesn't work, 10 times it doesn't work, 100 times it doesn't work, doesn't matter. You will get 1,000 more chances. 
so anirvinn chetasa yoktavya it is connected to the english word yoke so yoke yourself to this practice one is believe in it straight away and done breakthrough not working hold on to it repeat it until it's done okay um let me see there are a lot of comments let me quickly go through this abhijit says if the eye subsides in samadhi when it is said that there is no joy when compared which compares to samadhi who experiences remembers the joy in samadhi so as to compare it with sense pleasures in waking it is something like a deep sleep experience in the sense that someone remembers that one slept soundly little bit like that but deep sleep is generally tamasic and this is the highest sattva remember it's not like sleep awareness is completely there it's just that no no thinking is going on about that the thinking starts when one comes out of samadhi then the i uh, ego starts working and reflects back so uh, that experience is there and um, right after samadhi also will be suffused by this the radiation or the the, the great joy so when when one looks back at that one sees that, uh, that what was there is also here now and there it was tremendous uh, peace tremendous bliss shweta says where will seeking the company of holy persons be placed satvik rajasik or tamasik joy satvik if you are going to ask spiritual questions satvik uh, if you are uh, going to ask what's for food in the ashram that's rajasik and if you are going to fall asleep in a vedantic class vedanta class that's tamasik joy so in ashram you can have all kinds of joy then patrick says what does gaudapada mean by reality which is beyond duality and non duality here he means the philosophies of duality and non duality he is teaching non duality but even he admits that um, non duality can is a philosophical structure and the non dual reality is beyond the philosophical structure he calls it tattva the reality reality is not entirely captured by just the philosophy of non dualism shonli says as you said knowing yourself will give us the ultimate joy happiness and contentment don't you think having feelings for of compassion kindness and empathy and sympathy for others will give us joy of mind yes these are the higher sattva the spiritual sattva the feeling of sympathy for us others the more you feel sympathy for others the more you feel friendliness for others uh, unconditional acceptance of others the more joy there will be even higher than this is uh, is brahmananda the joy of, of of realizing your own self how can we control our negative emotions how can we deal with others judgments that undermine us see that is titiksha and that is the knowledge we are teaching huh? that is what the sadhu said have you learned that knowledge by which you can bear all this what is that knowledge it is vedanta knowledge it is yoga knowledge it is bhakti knowledge uh, kiran says is the knowledge of the self already in our subconscious mind our goal is to unveil it well let's not make it more complicated right now we are not aware of or we are not we don't realize what we truly are we have to realize that and for that the teachings are there the upanishads all the texts are pointing out that
रम्य शेष कहत कबीरा सुनो भाई साधो साहेब मिले सबूरी में हाँ साहेब मिले सबूरी में हथियार मिले सबूरी में साहेब मिले सबूरी में कबीर भजन दीपा एंड कृष्ण से वाई इज इट दैट ओनली दिस यूनियन फ्रॉम पेन इज मैं शुडन इट बी पेन एंड प्लेजर बोथ वर्ल्ड एक्सपीरियंसिस यस दिस यूनियन फ्रॉम पेन इज द गोल वन डज नॉट वॉन्ट दिस यूनियन फ्रॉम प्लेजर the joy will be the fulfillment you get by realization and uh, see it is couched in this language pain and pleasure are both coming from outside so when we seek pleasure outside through sense contact and we seek to avoid pain coming from outside this practice uh, this knowledge will set you free from all kinds of pain which come from outside they will be there causes will be there but you are not affected anymore and it also set you free from seeking pleasure with contact sense contact from outside because the joy is from within it is your own joy you don't need it from outside rick oh you're going to interview ronda uh, ronda brain excellent we look forward to that in bad gap Shweta said, "There is a secret documentary too. I hope they make another documentary about the greatest secret." Vishwanath says, "Is this a reference to Gita chapter nine, Raja Vidya, Raja Guhiyam, Raja Secret? Uh, which reference did you mean? Can you unmute yourself?" Uh, the greatest secret. Um... Oh, uh, no! The greatest secret. I, I was making a reference to. Um, Ronda's new book. Yes, you're right. Krishna uses the same language in the ninth chapter. He says it's the royal secret. The royal knowledge, the royal secret. What is the royal knowledge? The royal secret. Don't worry, it's you know it already. You are Brahman. That's the royal secret. And end with a very nice story. Uh, Swami Suhitananda ji told this to us. when he was the sevak attendant for swami premeshananda ji the um, disciple of the holy mother in his own lifetime he was known as a jivan mukta enlightened one so the swami told us that swami premeshananda ji in his old age he would often you know catch hold of you and try to tell you this great secret so one day he like it, it would go like this more than once you know he caught hold of me i'll tell you something a great secret just uh, and the young monk goes Yes, Swami. Tell me, and he goes on doing whatever he's doing. He says, "No, no, no. Pay attention and make sure that there's nobody around. Close the doors and windows. There. Are you sure nobody's listening?" And then he would say, uh, "That uh, yeah, yeah. There's nobody listening. Can you go ahead and tell me like, this great secret?" Well, let me tell you. And with you know, the great joy in his eyes and face, he would say, "Sri Ramakrishna is an avatar. He's an incarnation of God." and then the young monk would smile and say well swami everybody knows and nobody cares and you say what people know this he says yes yes everybody knows <laughs> and nobody is nobody cares nobody is interested so we know this we read about it and we say oh there is god as an incarnation and uh, now sri ramakrishna is an incarnation all of it is pretty theoretical for us but if god is real for you Im- imagine how amazing that is and on top of that 
is Sri Ramakrishna, who is a historical figure, whose tradition you are in. There's actually a picture of him, the pictures of him. There are books of people who have seen him and their descendants, you know them. He was God himself. If you actually vividly felt that, what a stunning thing that would be. That obviously would be an extraordinary secret. <laughs> All right. There's one more question below by Siddharth. Why am, not, why am I not seeing it? Why am I not seeing the question by Siddharth? Uh, yeah, but I can't. Oh, Sangeeta wrote it down. Okay. If I am the divine self and realize I am the divine self, why did I know it before? Why did I not know it before? It is like God playing hide and seek with himself. So I think you mean, why did I not know it before? Yeah. Yes. So you can say it's like God, like God playing hide and seek. But you're asking a question about why is there ignorance? You see, the question is, all right, it seems to be clear that if at all Vedanta is true, if I am Brahman, right now I don't seem to know it. Or at least I know it just theoretically. You have told me, I've read about it. And um, then one day, hopefully, I will know it really, that I am Brahman. Fine. Now the question is, why did I not know it earlier? Why did I not always know it? Are there some who always know it? Yes, God always knows I am Brahman. God means Saguna Brahman, always knows I am Nirguna Brahman. And there are Nitya Siddhas, ever perfected ones, who are always enlightened. And there are those like us. Um, some of us, with a lot of effort and grace, we become enlightened and we realize I am Brahman, was Brahman, am Brahman, will always be Brahman. And the rest of us, we are on the way, we are trying to realize that. But why is it that? Why is ignorance like that? So one of the answers is that it is God playing hide and seek with himself. The Kashmiri Shaiva, I, that's the Kashmiri Shaiva answer. Alan Watts in his book, I've mentioned it again and again, that it is Shiva uh, hiding from himself so that he has something, somebody to play with. God wants somebody to play with. So there's nobody else except God. Then how will God get somebody else to play with? So God pretends to be not God. And so God, and now God pretending to be not God, there are two, they can play. But the problem is, God is really good at what he does. So when he pretends to be not God, not God, he's so good at it, he totally forgets that he's God. And now he's trapped. What was play now becomes a nightmare. And he struggles to get out of it. So that is one interpretation. But if you want a more philosophical interpretation, that's also available. I mentioned it earlier. That this question itself, look at the inconsistency of the question. You're asking why about why? Ignorance means maya, time, space, causality. Causality means why? Cause and effect. Cause and effect is already within ignorance. Brahman is beyond cause and effect. Now, why do I have ignorance is like asking um, the cause of causation. Why of why? It's like asking what is outside space? You already accepted space. The moment you say outside, that means you have accepted inside outside. It's like asking what was before time. Then you've already accepted time. Before and after is possible only when there is time. Moment you ask, why, why? What is the cause of causation? You've already accepted causation. So this question doesn't work. 
and it's good that it doesn't if there was a real reason why there is ignorance then ignorance also would be real then causation would be would be real this is the insight the tremendous insight of gaudapada we talked about it in mandukya karika it's an attack on causality he says the ultimate reality has no causal link with our world of appearance it makes the appearance possible but there is no causal link no backward link from the world of causation of this the cinema back to the screen in the movie a harry potter movie the king kong movie um, whatever the the and what was that the movie on the holocaust um, uh, schindler's list schindler's list movie or a charlie chaplin comedy movie in nowhere in the movie in nowhere in the plot can you argue back to the movie screen it's not possible and yet the entire movie is made possible by the movie screen the plot of the movie the fiction in the movie is not causally linked to the screen though without the screen the fiction is not possible okay very high philosophical note to end on om shanti 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 hari hi om tat sat shri ram krishna rupa namastu